Hi everybody, I'm really excited to be today in a kind of after COVID area. We are having actual real founder talks. We're here in the Studio D in the Stiftgasse and I hope you will enjoy us. And my first guest for today is Thomas Kapper. Very warm welcome. Thank you are you. here from Switzerland yeah. and you will tell us a little bit more about yourself, about your company, it's Bloom Diagnostics. First of all, thank you very much for, for having me. A real pleasure to, to be the first guest in this, in this new studio. Actually, um, I mean, the, the, way, the way we started the, the company, I actually have a background in finance, so I don't even come from the, from the diagnostics field per se, but I come from a very entrepreneurial family and kind of the, the initial spark for the company was really um, from this entrepreneurial spirit. Um, we actually started in the field of fertility quite kind of narrowly, um, as, as, you, as you might know. <laughs> I remember, you remember this, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we were called Flower Kit and then, then there was another company called Ivory that I'll come to, to in a bit. Okay. Um, but uh, but so, so, so basically where it started was that, that this topic of female egg freezing was becoming a, you know, kind of bigger and bigger thing. Huge thing. Yeah. And we found that, that everybody in the field, you know, fertility doctors, they were all measuring this hormone called AMH. And, and we just found it curious, you know, kind of, I found it curious, Nobody offered women anything that could measure it at home, you know, by themselves, quickly, get the result within a few minutes. That's the point. <laughs> exactly. So can, can we do that? And, and, and so kind of we had this insight, like if, if that's what we can deliver, if we can build some mm. hardware on that, then that's a great market. Mm. And that's where we started. You know, so we started working on, on what then became the Bloom Lab and then our Bloom tests on the whole hardware part to make that possible. Now, as we were working on the hardware, we, we had a very deep insight that if we can, in fact, enable women to measure this at home. Now, you know, most women aren't, aren't medical professionals. Uh, they can't do much with just a measurement value. What they really want is an understanding of what this means. They want personalized insights like a doctor would give it to them. Is it, so it's not just a number? Yeah. Not just a number. So it's more like, a, what does it mean for me? That's exactly right. This is the reason why people, you know, have the doctor of their trust versus just getting laboratory results because they need to understand what, what they're getting. This insight then resulted in us saying, okay, we really need to build a very complex software layer on top of this that takes the measurement value, but also, you know, kind of in the form of our Bloom app, as we then called it, um, combines it with 20 or 30 questions that we can ask the user about themselves to really learn about them, get to know them like a doctor would, and give them these deep insights, personalized report, recommendations. And that's actually where, when we said, okay, we need, to, we need this whole other element to it, that's where we discovered Ivory, because Ivory was actually working on an algorithm to do just that based on laboratory values. We were starting out of Zurich, out of Switzerland, and that's when we then set foot into, into Vienna and said, you know, great, let's, let's kind of work together here. Bought Ivory, took over Ivory in 2018. Um, and, you know, and then, of course, when we had this whole system in front of us, kind of in a prototype form and, you know, different versions of, of prototypes with the lab and the app, you know, we said, you know, oh my God, this is much bigger than just fertility. We can basically use the same kind of system to, to look for blood iron values, for liver markers, for, uh, you know, thyroidal health, um, kidney values. And, and so that's really when, when the Bloom and the Bloom system was born. I'm able to remember the first steps, yeah, when we tried them out, so to say, yeah, yeah and we tried to find the, 
the right way to stick into the finger and stuff like this. But I think it, at the end it was so comfortable yeah, to, to do it. On the other way, you said there are always the trusted doctors, so to say. Did you hear some kind of complaints or do you have any kind of experience here in this field, how this works out with your tests at home? Yeah, no, that, that, exactly. That's, that's a very important point. And, and from day one, we've decided or, you know, kind of we made this, this choice to really also communicate to doctors. We are not competing, you know, with, with you. In fact, um, we are also, you know, uh, taking the same approach for big laboratories. Hmm. We don't really see us as a kind of competition to, to any of those established institutions in, in the healthcare field, which are, you know, fantastic institutions. What, what we see is a, a healthcare system worldwide that, that's really overburdened. And you know, COVID made that clear. And, and what we see is the opportunity to, to add another tool into the system, you know, add another device that, that, that people can autonomously use to get some extra insights. Relieve that burden in some cases, some of the time. And for a trillion dollar industry like healthcare, I mean, if we can achieve that, that's a huge business. And I'm, I'm sure over COVID or the, the lockdowns, this process increases, no? Absolutely, yeah. Th this became very evident, and of course, this has also been kind of wind in our sails, and, and it's a much easier pitch now than you. it has been before. <laughs> yeah, mm. you know, nobody wants to say COVID has been good for us, but uh, yeah, for some industries, it might have been a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was helpful, and we think—I mean, we, we think that's kind of a tidal wave that would have come anyway. But but you know, maybe it has been accelerated a bit. And and so you know, to kind of make it make it concrete, to give you an example, um, we we just launched really the the system now on the market in its full form together with our store. And one of the first tests that we launched it with is, of course, our bloom ferritin test for, mm -hmm. for you know, measuring blood mm -hmm. iron stores. And, and the most avid users that we already have for this test, so we actually have some, you know, kind of usually women, vegetarian, they really already bought the whole system just for their home to, to track mm. blood iron values. And they're still consulting with their doctor. You know, they, uh, you know, of course, yeah, it's, uh, they, it's they, just they, a they, step in between, so to that's say. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, okay. they still have these visits. They still consult with their doctor, but they can't do that, you know, twice a month. They, they do that every few months. And now they use our system to kind of fill the gap, do more regular tracking. And, and that's what it all comes down to. So maybe coming back a little bit to yourself. So what yeah. does a normal day look like in your life, in your professional life? <laughs> we yeah. want to hear more about your professional life. Well, uh, besides the, um, the mundane, you know, kind of I get up around seven, not a, not a super early morning person, you know, get my coffee, spend the first hour of the day just scanning emails. The, the bulk of my day, um, the important part is, is just meeting with, with you know, fantastic teams of, of incredible individuals that we have at Bloom. And you know, uh, all of whom are way bigger ac experts in their fields than I am. And, you know, and, and we just sit together and every day and we, we talk about product and, and features and you know, regulatory and, and, and problems, you know, challenges every day. You know, production isn't working, you know, something's going wrong, prototype isn't functioning as we hoped. And, and of course, you know, HR and people is uh, arguably one of the most important parts. If, um, you know, we've made some good decisions, um, you know, we've, we've made progress on some, on some front and we've had some great ideas, then to me, that's been a success. I really understand this, yeah, because yeah, uh, I've done some companies on my own, yeah, yeah. Uh, till the number of 250 was my biggest company. So how many people you are at the moment? Not quite as much. We're a bit over 50 now. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a super interesting uh, kind of stage in a company because yeah. you have this first 
Um, new processes, you need more HR, of course, yeah, yeah for the internal um, uh, improvements. But you know everybody. You still know everybody. No, that's a good... That's you still good know sense. everybody, but you don't, you don't still interview everybody. So the, it's been a very curious thing that happened to me, you know, kind of a few months ago for the first time that somebody was suddenly in the office, somebody started mm. and, and I was like, oh, you know, kind of, who, who are you? I, uh, <laughs> and they're like, oh, I just started working here. Mm. Like, oh, that's, that's interesting. You know, and that they, I think they knew me, but, but uh, that was an interesting, uh, yeah. And of course, we are HR professionals and I would love to uh, talk a little bit more about this experience here. Yeah. Um, uh, these experiences, but do you think what what is the most important thing for a founder, yeah, in a startup? Which kind of things do you think yeah. that you would need, yeah, or you would have yeah. known before? Yeah, I, I've I've three things, and and I can elaborate a bit on them. But uh, the the first one is perseverance. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, 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 you know, right. you know, you know why. So, so well, perseverance because it's going to be hard, and and you don't know in the beginning how hard it's going to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't even start. But it's going to be hard, and there's going to be an endless chain of problems that you have to solve every single day. And if you don't persevere, you're just not going to make it. The second thing I would say is uh, ho hopeless optimism, because statistically, most startups fail. You know, that's a fact. And, and you really have to believe that you aren't one of them. Mm, mm. Um, if you don't believe that, you're not going to make it either. Um, and then the third thing I would say is a healthy pinch of naivety. You know, especially when you start, and, and, and maybe that's, you know, especially true in fields like ours where there's a lot of R&D and you're trying to develop something novel. You have this constant kind of nagging feeling. Why, why, why isn't anybody of the big guys doing this? And you also sometimes see it in your team, like the, the question marks, like, um, you know, how do we know one of the big companies isn't coming out with something just like this tomorrow and just going to kill us? And the answer to those kind of questions is don't think about it too much. Just focus on the customer. Mm -hmm. And if, if you so manage true. to build something that creates real value for the customer, you're on the right track. And yeah. the last mile, the big ones are not looking to this well the, yeah. the big ones are usually looking to buy a, a you know buy a team that that has mastered their craft yeah, yeah. so you know yeah. and and what we are doing it's kind of really building a new market and it's what we've discovered is it's a bit niche at the moment for the big players because it's a new market i mean they 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 don't still quite understand some of them what we are doing and but now this has actually changed since the opening of the store since we really launched now, you know, we get our phones are ringing more and more also from the big guys and they want to know how can they collaborate with us. How do you find your time um, to establish real good relationships yeah, with your co-founders, with the management teams? Yeah. yeah, how are you doing this? Part? Yeah, that's 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 very important. Um, I mean, well, first of all, with with the uh, with the co-founder, uh, that, that's easy because actually she's my mother. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe that makes it harder. I don't know. I think it makes it easier. Yeah, it makes it different. Yeah. Um, we, I think we actually we have sometimes more fierce discussions than, than I would have with, with uh, someone else. But also with the management, I mean, of, of course it comes down to hiring. Already be, be very diligent about your hiring process. Ensure that there is a good cultural fit. Because, you know, of course cultural fit matters for, for any kind of company. And for startups it's even more pressing. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. And how would you describe your culture? Is there... 
Well, I would say our culture, I mean, f first of all, transparency is very important and mm. openness. Mm. And, you know, kind of a lot of companies would say that, but I think for, for us it's true. And the reason why we care so much about that... And it that, is true. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it is true that it's important. And, and the reason why we really try to establish this is because obviously in our industry there have been some infamous uh, failures and frauds like, you know, Theranos uh, most notably. Um, so, so what we really try to, to communicate to everybody, you know, when, when there is bad news, you know, and, and bad news has hit us many, many times, mm. you know, things don't work as you thought they would. You know, we try to, to really like tackle it face on. Um, and we had to learn this, like really, let's look at the data. Let's, you know, how can we solve this problem, um, but really see where the puzzle pieces land. And we never lose our optimism um, that we can build something great here. You know, when, when things don't quite work, it's like, okay, but what can we make out of this? But sometimes we, sometimes we change course. Sometimes we change strategy. We say, okay, you know, kind of this specific test didn't work out as we, we wanted to, let's, let's do something else first. And, and when, whenever you change course and change strategy, you know, it's not always fun to communicate that to, to the team, you know, because they, they like to have a set plan. Uh, we communicate it to investors, you know. Mm, but, but the main part is the communication. Exactly. Mm. It's always worth it in the long run. Mm. Just, mm. you know, name it. Yeah. Speaking about communication, yeah, the feedback processes. Yeah. Do you want to say a little bit more about this? Do you use any kind of tools here or is it... I don't think we use any kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, tools that, that other startups or companies haven't discovered. Um, the, the process, I would say, you know, I had kind of re-emphasized what I said about openness and transparency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we really care about open feedback. Again, something a lot of companies would say. Um, but what, what we've discovered is, you know, team members should really, you know, give it to their team lead straight and vice versa. And we try to encourage this because when you don't, it's just going to, you know, come back in ugly ways. You know, maybe many of us have experienced this in, in companies and, you know, small and big, maybe also like in, you know, think back of university projects. There can be these kind of frictions that build up over time. And if nobody says anything, it just becomes, you know, toxic. And, and again, you know, these are just the kind of things that you learn, learn along the way. And we've become, you know, more sensitive about this. And I think it's really important, especially for a startup, to be on the lookout for and encourage open feedback culture. And that also means for management that they can take that feedback. Of course. Yeah. 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 And that's, we, we have this uh, saying, let's go around. <laughs> so in the moment, yeah, if there is yeah. something, you can see it, you can feel it, then let's go. Let's come maybe to the recruiting and hiring process. What do you think is the most important thing, the cultural fit you mentioned, but what else would you say is really important if you do an interview with a new candidate? The cultural fit is, is, is definitely the, the most important. We have kind of this, this metric that technical skills, you can even you know, learn on the job. Of course, you need to have a certain, certain skill set. But, but technical skills can be improved. It's really hard to change personality and it's really hard to change culture mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and kind of for, for, for an individual. So, so that's just what they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we are most on the lookout for. Um, we, we have uh, hired across big age differences. Uh, mm -hmm. We have, I think our team is more or less 50-50 male, female. Uh, we have 26 different nationalities. So we are really open to, to anybody, you know, speak to us and we encourage, you know, we have uh, uh, yeah, a few dozen positions open at any time really because we, we are you know hiring a lot. So just just be sure that the people bring the right um, kind of personality to the table and right culture to the table. I mean you are uh, in the health tech ecosystem yeah. uh, and we have 
in the last half year a little bit of focus to mental health in our mm -hmm. portfolios and how do you communicate or how do you deal with this kind of topic yeah yeah, yeah at this point i have to give a shout out to our people team led by liz uh, lux um, our people team has done a fantastic job to really touch with everybody in the company regularly feel during how people the hard are doing times during the hard times um, encourage everybody in the company to do one-on-ones, just not mm. within their team, just not, you know, kind of team member, team lead, but really across the company. And many people in management, they're, they're doing one-on-ones, um, you know, every few months with everybody. Mm. And, mm. and that, just, that just helps promote a, a good working relationship and also a relationship that's open enough where you can talk about, you know, certain kind of problems or you also, you, you have it on the radar if somebody is, you know, not feeling well. And, and, and that's the most important thing. And is this then, so to say, a one-on-one -on -one thing more, or is it an open communication about these um, issues? We are we, well. We're still young and small, so so we haven't we haven't yet uh, had kind of big big workshops around this topic. Mm. So, so at the moment, we're really tackling it just with open communication yeah. and and hearing people out. And I, I think the the most important thing is when it comes to mental issues, you know, and work-life balance, people tend to really keep it in and, and kind of, you know, it, it eats at them, hmm. but, but they don't necessarily, you know, uh, seek out. Speak it out loud. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Seek out uh, others to, to communicate it. And that's hmm. where we have, we are all kind of, it's our job to really gather that information. Yeah, do you think here in the, or here in the, the, in our startup ecosystem, we struggle more or less with mental health and work-life balance? Is it, uh, yeah. um, which kind of gut feeling would you have? I think it's similar than in big companies, to be honest. Um, I, I have lots of friends and, and you know, some family too they, who work at big companies and, and they have the same kind of issues. I think it's maybe just also a bit of the um, artifact of the times we live in, because work never sleeps mm. and you, you always carry your emails with you. Mm. And so what we try to do is also you know, really give people you know, the, the time off when they, when they take it. That's uh, so important. That's yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. not always easy to do because we have our tough deadlines and, 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 <laughs> you know, and sometimes people put in the extra work, of mm. course. I think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, across many different company sizes and industries. And, and again, going back to what we said earlier, just everybody has to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I have some uh, thesis here that um, in the startup ecosystem, we really have to take care more about the issue of burnouts. Yeah. yeah. Maybe anxiety is not so our topic, yeah, that's because yeah. of our personality, so to say. But, you know, it's just a kind of yeah. thesis, gut feeling. Let's well, see. you're seeing it a lot, of course, because you work also in the startup sphere. Yeah. If you have a hard time, yeah, because everybody has yeah. some hard times sometimes, how do you deal with yourself in this? I can give an example here. I mean, I mean something that's, that's, you know, kind of a constant uh, struggle. Um, is when, when you're lucky enough as a startup to, to you know, grow to the size that we have, uh, you know, a few dozen people in the team, maybe even a few hundred like, like uh, it was in your case, um, and you've raised a few, you know, tens of millions of, of, of euros. <laughs> which you need. <laughs> which you need to, to, yeah, to, to execute everything that you, that yeah. you want to. You really start feeling, of course, um, a, a big responsibility mm, mm. For, for the team. Um, and also, you know, just, just for the money that has been entrusted to you by, by investors. Um, you you got to be diligent and every day you wonder, you know, have we spent that money well? It's not our money. And, and so, so we feel this very strongly and I feel this very strongly. And what I found is, you know, when, when you have that, that kind of 
that feeling, that, that struggle, that, that pressure, try to convert it into energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Good advice. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. for me, it's very often just, you know, yeah, go out in the nature and clear my mind. But sure. It's a, yeah. There can be different ways to do it, but I, I, yeah. I found a good way to convert it into energy and, and cool. can try it. <laughs> yeah. We have one last part to complete some sentences. If money wasn't an issue, you would? Spend even more on R&D. <laughs> and that, that's general advice for the whole world. I think, uh, you know, kind of really research technology, um, also fundamental research is really what's, what's been driving our wealth and success. And we got to keep that going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In a world lead by women? I think all, or I hope that, that all girls can go to school. Mm. And I've been, you know, very touched by, by everything coming out of Afghanistan. The superpower you wish you had is? The ability to snap my fingers and call a conference room into existence. <laughs> yeah. That would have been useful sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, or even find new rooms in our office. Uh. <laughs> I can recommend some really great telephone uh, yeah. boxes here, yeah, phone boxes, yeah, because yeah, we have the same issue. You always have this kind of issue. Yes. Tom, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. Thank you very much. It was, having it was you fun. Here. Yeah. Um, I hope you will stay in Vienna uh, a little bit longer. I know you have yeah. to go back next week. And thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was a pleasure. Hey.